Hi, it's Patrick here, and we're in Quebec today, where the food is always good, whatever language you eat it in. I was there recently, and as a result, there's this podcast. In fact, this is part one of two language slash Quebec podcasts. Part two features multilingual stand-up comedian Sugar Sammy. That'll be up sometime next week with a couple of pods in between. On today's menu, there's pasta, there's immigration, there's bilingualism. First, we'll hear a report from me that I did for the big show. Then there'll be some extended chats with a couple of people who appear in the report. Jean-Francois Lisey of Quebec's ruling party, the Parti Québécois. Also, Mayor Stéphane Jontron. He's the mayor of a small town called Huntingdon. As you'll hear, these two do not agree at all about language and the role that government has in regulating it. But they both have compelling arguments, and it's certainly worth going back and hearing a little bit more from each of them. First, though, here's Marco Werman introducing my report on The Big Show. I'm Marco Werman, and this is The World. And I'm joined by the world's language editor, Patrick Cox, who's just returned from the front lines of a linguistic war. It's a war uh, we haven't heard about in a while, and it's raging in Quebec. Yeah, uh, you could say there's been something of a ceasefire in Quebec for several years, but no longer. And the reason is, last year, Quebec's separatist party, the Parti Québécois, came back into power. They are now running the province for the first time in 10 years. And when they're running Quebec... A lot of the province's political battles tend to focus on language. Here's a little taste of that from last month. Quebec's language watchdog has targeted one of Montreal's most popular restaurants. And it's because of the word pasta. Buonanotte on Saint Laurent got a letter from the OQLF saying their menu violates the French language charter because pasta is an Italian word and there's no French translation. The government wanted this Italian restaurant to use uh, the word pot, that's French for pasta, instead of pasta. That's correct, yeah. And it caused a huge outcry uh, in Quebec, in, beyond that, in Canada. In fact, all over the world, there were headlines, and they were kind of mocking headlines. You know, they used terms like the language police, and they talked about linguistic puritanism, that kind of thing. And the pasta incident is now pretty much universally known in Quebec as Pasta Gate. Doesn't give a lot of wiggle room to the pasta lovers. Where does it leave public opinion? Well, it's as divided as ever. And, and here's the interesting thing, is that it's not necessarily divided along linguistic lines. Just because you're a French speaker doesn't mean to say that you're in favor of protection of the French language. And just because you're an English speaker doesn't mean to say that you're against it. Let's hear your report now from Quebec. The town of Huntington in Quebec is just a few miles north of the New York border. It's a small mill town founded by the British. Well, it was a mill town. Now all seven mills are closed. This is Huntington's mayor, Stéphane Jontron. He oversees a mixed community of French speakers, francophones, and English speakers, anglophones. When we have our meetings, usually we switch from French to English in the same uh, sentence. It's, it's like uh, breathing air. We don't care. You're an Anglophone, then I'll answer to you in English, then I'll explain in French, and we switch. Sounds reasonable, but that linguistic back and forth is technically against the law in Quebec. Yes, we got an email from the uh, Office Québécois de la langue française. Quebec's French language office. And they stated specific points, like this one, that as a mayor has an administration, we're not authorized to communicate in English with our citizens. 
To do so would violate the French language charter. The charter came into effect in 1977, and it made French the official language of Quebec. The only municipalities exempt from using just French were the ones with a majority of native English speakers. Huntingdon has a slight majority of French speakers, so no official business can be conducted in English, no public meetings, no street signs, no notices about garbage collection, Nothing. Right now, Quebec's provincial assembly is holding hearings on a bill that would tighten the language laws. The bill would strip dozens of cities of their bilingual status, and it would require businesses with 25 or more employees to communicate in French. Currently, only larger companies have to do that. The bill has lost support since Pastergate. But the hearings will continue for six weeks, according to its sponsors, because they say they want to show that French remains vulnerable in Quebec and should be further protected. People say, why do you need to do that? Let things go uh, as they stand, go with the flow. This is Jean-Francois Lisey, a prominent member of the ruling Parti Québécois. Well, in the rest of North America, they let things go with the flow for French, and it, it, it didn't go well for French. Lisey says English has what he calls a massive gravitational pull, and you can only counter that with new regulations. The public face of Quebec, says Lisey, must be French. And if we hold this line, we're going to stay distinct And some of our distinction, being Francophone in North America, makes us one of the biggest exporters in the world and makes us big creators. And if everybody else doesn't understand it, well, that's the price you pay for being original. A lot of people don't understand it right now. Many businesses, like that Italian restaurant, have come forward saying they're being targeted by language inspectors for using foreign words, like the words on and off, discovered on a restaurant microwave. The language agency went so far that the government was forced to rein them in. Now the agency has a new director with orders to be more flexible. But many Quebecers, French and English speakers, believe in their language laws. People like Montreal writer Julie Barlow. Even though I'm an English speaker and it's it's not really what most English speakers in Quebec feel, I'm entirely in favour of a certain control over language in Quebec because we are a small population in the middle of a huge sea of English speakers. Barlow says she doesn't understand why some municipalities want to hang on to their bilingual status. I don't know. Personally, I don't have much sympathy for it. I can't imagine why anybody would want to live in a tiny community of English speakers and live like insulated and isolated from the rest of the, the province. The Montreal suburb of Côte-Saint-Luc is one such place. It's currently permitted to communicate bilingually with its residents, which it does with gusto. Bienvenue à la Carnival d'hiver de Côte-Saint-Luc pour l'année 2013. Je suis Anthony Hausfather, le maire de Côte-Saint-Luc. Je suis ici avec Mitch Brownstein. Mitch, this is a great day, isn't it? It's absolutely beautiful here. One of the nicest days, probably the nicest day we've ever had for Winter Carnival. Absolument fantastique. Je pense que c'est la Côte-Saint-Luc is one of the places that stands to lose its bilingual status. It also happens to be home to a large Jewish population, among them Shelley Rothman Ben Haim. I'm a, a tenant in a duplex, and my landlady, she's in her late 80s, and she really needs the uh, English communication. The landlady's native language is Yiddish. She also speaks English, but not French, and there's a good reason for that. I don't know if you're aware of the story that when the Jews first came to Montreal, came to Quebec, they weren't allowed to go to the uh, French schools because they were Catholic-based. So they had to go to the Protestant schools. 
and they were English-based. But um, nowadays, most Jews of my generation and the younger generation, they're all bilingual. But uh, for the elderly community here, I think they need bilingual notices. They do in the mill town of Huntingdon, too, says its mayor, Stéphane Gendron. But what he says they really need is jobs. This whole issue about language is, is ridiculous because we have a high rate of unemployed people. We have a lot of people on welfare, too. We're broke, but we're arguing on language. Arguing in French, of course, and in English. For The World, I'm Patrick Cox. Okay, now back to Jean-Francois Lisée of the Parti Québécois. It's one thing to hear from him in sound bites, but I really want to give his argument a slightly fuller treatment because, well, a lot of people outside Quebec, they, they just see everything, as, as Marco and I talked about, in terms of bullet points, pasta gates, language police, linguistic puritanism. And there's an awful lot more to it than that. So here's Jean-Francois Lisée describing to me the state of health as he sees it of the French language in Quebec today. We're in a situation of systemic market failure. Let's say it this way. Uh, we have a, a market of eight, seven to eight million francophones here. But since we're in the North American English-speaking continent, it does not adapt to the French uh, uh, situation unless we make it adapt to it. So we had to force companies to have French labels and French uh, notices, and we had to uh, force uh, Hollywood to bring its uh, movies in French at the same time as in English, which expanded their market share, actually. And so we have, you, you would think that the number of business ventures would say, okay, so there's a great niche, and so we're going to adapt to it, but they're not doing it because they feel it's North America. By the same token, immigrants coming to Quebec, some of them know they're coming to a French, uh, French nation, but some of them are coming to North America. So they're drawn to English. I mean, the, the, the gravitational pull of English is very strong in Quebec. And so if you want to maintain a French society, you have to compensate for this gravitational pull. Can I just stop you there and sure. ask? Um, I mean, I've seen some stats suggesting that, that it's working mm -hmm. pretty well, especially as regards immigrants coming to Quebec in Montreal, the number of people who are, will speak French as well as whatever their home language mm -hmm. is up by 30-something percent. And so why, why not just let the French language charter continue? Exactly. Rather than do these things that appear to be upsetting a lot of people. Well, they are. They are uh, these things are requested by a lot of people and upsetting a number of people. That's always the case. And when we first introduced the first measures back in the 70s, uh, they were upsetting a lot of people and they were wished for by a lot of people. And, and it's interesting reading the papers uh, in the English papers as well and the more conservative papers, they're saying, well, Everything that's been done so far is okay, but don't do anything more. Well, back in the 70s, they said everything that had been done before was okay, but don't do anything more. So it's always the same. So you have to step back and say, yes, we've made great gains. Uh, before we intervened in, in, in 77, 85% of young immigrants were going to English school. Well, if you're going to the language of the minority, well, obviously that was a path to assimilation. Now 85% are going to French school, so that's, that's a great advance. 
uh, and uh, Anglo-Quebecers are fluently bilingual, which was not the case a couple of decades back. Uh, immigrants are bilingual or trilingual, and that is true. Still, the, the problem we have now on the island of Montreal is that the proportion of francophones is shrinking. Uh, used to be 60%. Now it's about 50. It's going to drop below 40. Uh, it's going to drop below 50. And I'm asking the question, so at what point does it start being worrying? Is it 40? Is it 33? Is it 25? Now, certainly if you're trying to have a critical mass of francophones that are there to integrate newcomers into French and to establish that French is the predominant language on the island, if you're a minority, you don't have the strength to do that, even though a great number of people have French as a second language. So that's the demographic uh, time bomb that we're looking at. So how to redress this? And I have both hats. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a PQ minister, but also uh, in charge of relationship with the Anglo community. And I say this is not a zero-sum game. What we need is a thriving Anglo-Quebec community on the one hand and more francophones on the other hand. So uh, there are reasons why we have this demographic shift that have nothing to do with English. Uh, it has something to do with uh, urban flight. You know, French families are moving to the suburbs, so we're going to have policies to retain them, to retain all families on the island, which will uh, augment the number of French families. The second thing that we did that was very imprudent in the previous government is that uh, uh, 40% of immigrants coming to Montreal had no knowledge of French at the point of entry, none at all. And so that's very imprudent. So we're going to correct that for future immigrants. Uh, but also we know that for immigrants that are here, at some point, all of them will switch in their homes either to French or to English. In their own time, it's their own decision. We cannot regulate that. But they will all do that. In Boston or in Chicago or in London, 100% of newcomers eventually switch to English because the gravitational pull is so great. Here, it's 50-50. In a, in a place where if we want to keep our equilibrium, it should be 85% to French and 15%. So it's, it's as though we have a bath, we have bath water at 85 degrees, but the faucet is at 50. You, we have to turn it to 85 just to keep the equilibrium. And language of work is one of the most important uh, determining factor to the switch. And now we know that in uh, almost half of all small businesses in Montreal, the language of work is English. Bigger businesses, they've been regulated since uh, the, the 70s, and language of work is mo mostly French. Uh, and so we, we think it's, it is uh, uh, unavoidable that if we want to make the switch to French, we want to induce more switch to French, uh, you have to have a workplace that is more conducive to that. It won't happen in a day. It's a long-term process. These are smaller businesses. You have to be very careful how you do this. So we're trying to have a, a low-impact path towards that, but it's, it's very important. Jean-François Lisset of the Parti Québécois. And now to Stéphane Gentron. He, if you remember, is the mayor of Huntington, Quebec, and he has a completely different take on where the regulation of the French language should start and where it should end. Here he is. You know, me, I'm a Francophone, so at home I insist to uh, speak a good level of French, and when my uh, children are making mistakes... Well, we make uh, the corrections right now. Eh? I think this is where the battle is for French. Uh, I think the French Quebecers should start in their own yard, learning French correctly, 
And then after, we'll look after the English because you don't erase, let's say on a public sign, we can't have English. I'm a town and I can't put a word of English because I'm a public body and I'm French officially. So I'm promoting French by erasing another one? That makes no sense to me. What's the problem? Am I threatening the French majority by just informing my English citizens that this is the fire station, this is the post office, and this is you know, basic things? You don't erase somebody by promoting just your own culture, and that's it, that's all. You know, there's a feeling of insecurity in Quebec that drives me crazy. I say to my own children, if you have a chance to leave that province, go, go, go somewhere else. You have the world. Don't be stuck in that little mind, that simple mind of, oh, I'm insecure. The English did so bad to us. Oh, no, that's not, this is false history. I'm fed up of that. I'm fed up of that. And I think the new generation is fed up too. Uh, so are you suggesting that this is kind of payback, what's taking place right now? Yes, yes. You see, even in history, there's a tendency to to portray the poor French Canadians as abused by the English ruler, which is wrong. If we have democracy today, it's because we got it from Britain. How come you think this way and, and a lot of other French Quebecers don't? I was like that uh, 15 years ago. You know, when I was a teenager, uh, my parents were strong separatists, but my parents uh, had no education. Eh? They never uh, traveled outside Quebec. Uh, they were afraid of everybody, especially the, 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 the dirty, bad English. And I was raised like that, like many Quebecers. Eh? And I went to school. I went uh, to a college. Uh, I studied in Boston. Eh? I traveled. And uh, I discovered that uh, this is, this is uh, not the reality, eh? that Canada is a nice place to, to live. Eh? I went to Calgary uh, five years ago, and I was amazed. They don't aid us. I think they're fed up by Quebec always complaining about something. Eh? We're a poor province, eh? by the way. We're collecting money from the other provinces to, to have everything. And we're still yelling, so shut up. And work. It doesn't sound like you're going to get ahead in Quebec politics with talk like that. I mean, well, there's a lot of work to do, eh? But uh, this whole issue about language is is ridiculous because we have a high rate of unemployed uh, people. We have a lot of people on welfare too. We're broke, but we're arguing on language. Me, I have investors because I'm a former mill town here. We're a former mill town. And all the mills closed in one day in December 2004, December 13. It was a Monday. We received the phone calls. Almost 1,000 jobs gone like that. And You said all the mills. Six-time mills, yes. How many mills? Uh, we had seven mills uh, that were started by the British in the 19th century and, and the 20th century. And by one Jewish family that was very uh, good uh, for Huntington. And they all closed in one day eh, because of China and uh, the new economy. So we tried to do something, you know, to restart the businesses in town. And I was receiving investors from all over the world. It was incredible from Northern Africa, from Ontario, from the States, from uh, even from England. Different projects. We went to Europe. And if you don't have English today, you're dead. Yeah, I was negotiated, uh, negotiating in English. Uh, the biggest employer in town is a guy from Toronto. Hey, he's providing 140 jobs just for one company. 
And everything is in English. Of course, when I talk to the guy, he's providing work to my uh, citizens. I talk to English. Uh, I talk in English, sorry. What's the problem? And, and I'm still French. What, 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 what kind of work is that? What kind of business is that? Uh, they're doing um, frozen French fries uh, potatoes, but sweet potatoes. So they got a contract with M&M, which is a store nationwide, and Costco in the United States. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 140 jobs. Everybody's happy. So we're working. We're not arguing about language. Language provides no job. Stéphane Gendron, mayor of Huntington, Quebec. That's it for today. There are photos, there's a blog post, all of that stuff at theworld.org slash language. If you use Facebook, you can like us. The World in Words has a Facebook page. And I'm on Twitter. I tweet en anglais about language. And I tweet as Patrick Cox. That's P-A-T-R-I-C-O-X. See you next time.